Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. How's everybody doing? It's a good, good morning. It is Mission Sunday, as uh, Pastor Rick mentioned. Let me just, uh, I have to acknowledge um, this past week, uh, Rick Van Buren, who is one of our uh, deacons, uh, uh, board members here at the church, but also in process, sensing a call of God, has uh, gone through credentialing, uh, through the, the courses, the classes. Uh, this past week, Rick has received the highest level of credentials with the Assemblies of God, ordained. He is an ordained minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Congratulations to Pastor Rick. And uh, um, we're, we're just grateful for the team that God has, uh, has surrounded us with, and we get to be a part of So thanks for being a part of church today. As he mentioned, it is Mission Sunday, and so Mission Sunday is a great opportunity for us to invite you to prayerfully consider uh, being a part of one of our missions trips this this year, 2022. We have three trips that are planned, and uh, we get to partner with these three ministries that are part of what we are already supporting, but we get to go uh, with boots on the ground and taking a team. And so we've got three trips that are planned, and uh, we want to give you an opportunity that if you'd like uh, information, uh, you can fill out an interest form that you'll find online, and then uh, there you can uh, just express interest, and then our missions team will be able to be in touch with you, letting you know uh, more of the details. Uh, but we have a, a team that's going to Philadelphia, to the Philadelphia Dream Center, to serve the inner city there uh, through the Dream Center. We also have a team that's going to uh, Echo Tulane in Swaziland, uh, a village there in Swaziland, to help uh, launch the grand opening of the girls' home that we, by God's grace, had the privilege of, uh, of, of uh, helping to make happen as this church was able to build that, provide the funds to build that home to rescue girls there in, in Swaziland. So we're going to be taking a team this summer to go and be a part of an outreach in the community and then also a grand opening of that building. And then there's a team going to Cambodia. This is uh, a unique trip. This is not a construction trip. This is not an outreach trip. This is a prayer trip. Um, this is a team that will go looking like tourists, but praying like kingdom warriors. Um, this is a team of people that uh, uh, will be going to pray uh, on the, uh, the streets, the communities of Cambodia. Um, there's uh, strongholds that are all over, and we know strongholds are are throughout our world, and there's specific strongholds in, in key areas. And so we're partnering with the, the Zylers, who we already support there in Cambodia. And uh, we want to support by sending a team to just love on them, encourage them, but then also to pray with them in agreement and see strongholds fall in that area, that region. And so if you're interested in being a part of any of those uh, missions trips or finding out information, just simply fill out the, the, uh, the form, the online form. You can find the QR code will take you there or a link that's in, our, uh, in the YouVersion Bible app. And so that will be happening this summer. We're excited about it and uh, want you to pray about being a part of it. But thank you for giving the missions. Uh, when you give your weekly tithes, your monthly missions, and the annual vision offering that we call Activate right now, uh, thank you for giving. It is making an impact. It's making a difference. And uh, it's exciting to see what God is doing and what God will continue to do because we get to be a part of the great day that we live in. And how many believe God is not done working with the church? I may believe greater days are still ahead. The, the scripture says that the glory of the house will be greater in the end than it was at the beginning, that the latter will be greater than the former. 
And that just simply means this is the, the, the days that we're living in right now, that God is pouring out his spirit in significant ways, and God wants us to uh, be a part of influencing this world, that, that uh, we get to show the world how to do what God has called us to do, um, to love like Jesus, lead like Jesus, and serve like Jesus, and uh, that God would help us to lead the way. We're in this series called A, a Great Expanse, um, believing that God is, there's a great door of opportunity, of ministry that's to us. First Corinthians chapter 16 is our, our, our reference. We're going to look at that again today, and just believing that God is preparing, not just preparing, but that we are moving in an expansion. There's an opportunity to see uh, many one with the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I say expansion, expansion doesn't mean property. It doesn't mean building. Expansion means lost souls coming to Jesus. Expansion means prodigals, sons and daughters who are away from God, coming back to God. Expansion means those who, who are uh, separated because of sin that don't know the hope of Jesus Christ would find the hope of Jesus Christ and be saved, that God wants there to be an expansion. How many believe God wants to expand the hope of his kingdom in your home, in your community, in your family, in, in the place that we live, that God is not done working, and we get to be a part of that in these days. Uh, this uh, great expanse, Paul's writing the letter, and he, he's writing to the church in Corinth while he's in Ephesus. We mentioned that last week, but I want to look at this text again. We're going to be referencing Acts 19 but I want to read this text uh, again this morning, 1 Corinthians 16. Why don't you stand with me as we look at this word together? Paul's writing this, and here's what he says. I am coming to visit you after I have been to Macedonia, for I am planning. Somebody say, I'm planning. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps, perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter. And then you can send me on my way to my next destination. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while, if the Lord will let me. I want to, if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Emphasis until the festival of Pentecost. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Father, thank you that there's a great door, a wide open door that you have that, that you have allowed us to step into. God, I pray that we, would, that we would be the people, the church in this hour, this day, that, Lord, we'd see an expansion, a move of your spirit. God, that your spirit would produce lost souls coming to know Jesus. Father, I thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power of your presence that makes us witnesses to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. So, Father, I pray for an expansion of lost souls coming to know Jesus. We thank you for it. We pray it in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you say amen? And on your way being seated, just tell your neighbor, expect the unexpected. Expect. We're in uh, week two of, of this series and um, been inspired, of course, uh, believing for an expansion, but in, inspired by this, uh, the story of Lewis and Clark uh, history. I know it's history. It might bore you, but I think it's significant that Lewis and Clark launched from this region uh, the boat was built right here in the Monongahela Valley, uh, that that boat was launched, and they went to explore the West. And in doing so, they doubled the land, that, the, that America grew in its landmass, that it doubled. I believe that God wants to pour out a double portion and a move that we would see greater things to the glory of God, that we would be a part of this discovery of what God has in store, because God's not done working, so let's discover all that God wants to do. Amen? He's not done working, so let's discover. Uh, we said last week we kicked this off with the core of discovery. That was the team 
that uh, Lewis and Clark were a part of. They were called the, the core of discovery. And uh, if we're going to, going to discover, it, it's important for us to be in good fellowship, that we are uh, discovering in one another the great things that God wants, that we would call out greatness. If, uh, if you had an opportunity, I hope you were able to connect with a prayer partner this week. We've got two more weeks left in this 21-day prayer challenge that we've been challenging our church. Let's be intentional. Let's discover the greatness that God has, that we pray for one another. We give a word of encouragement, and uh, there's, there's just something significant about asking God to work in someone's life, and as we pray, it develops us gives us a whole new perspective. So as we're continuing that through the, the, the rest of, of January, I hope that you'll continue to be a part of that with us as we step into the great expanse. I want to share today from this title, It's Par for the Course. I don't know if you recognize, but change is just natural. There's going to be the, the things that you can plan for, but it's the stuff that you can't always plan for that you've got to be ready for. Uh, you can look at the expanse, and the expanse simply means a, a, an uninterrupted flow of sky, of space, of land. You could stand at, at Jamonville, the top of Jamonville, and look out over Fayette County. You can see an expanse. You can see the opportunity, but what you can't see is the opposition and the difficulty that you'll face as you begin to step into that opportunity. It's without a doubt, things don't always go as planned. Yesterday, I had a plan. My plan was that I was going to go visit at the hospital, check in with uh, some uh, folks there, and then after the hospital, I'm going to go get my morning soda. When I get my morning soda, I'm going to come to the office. I'm going to wrap up the sermon. I'm going to get everything together, the, the slides and the U version. Everything's going to be in place, and then I'm going to make some phone calls, follow up some, uh, with some folks, and then I'm going to go home, and I'm going to watch football. I had a plan. I started by going to the hospital. The hospital said we changed our hours. You can't visit in the morning. You'll have to come back later in the afternoon. Well, that was a different plan. So then I go for my soda. That's next on the list. I get my soda, and when I go to take the first sip of my soda, the lid comes off. I baptize my lap in the Diet Coke that is just spilled all over my lap, at which point now I have to go back home and change my entire wardrobe because I have just been baptized with soda. I go, I change, I get back come to the office. I'm not at 10 o'clock when I thought I'd be here. It's a little later, but everything's good because not everything goes the way you plan. It, it, you can plan and prepare and it won't make the, the lid come off your, it won't cause the lid to not come off your soda. But you don't plan and prepare so that the lid doesn't come off your soda. You prepare and plan so that the lid doesn't come off your attitude. Preparation doesn't eliminate problems. It makes us ready for them. We oftentimes think that if I prepare hard enough, good enough, great enough, I can move forward and there'll be no opposition. Wake up. Preparation doesn't eliminate problems. Preparation makes us ready for whatever. Become ready for whatever might be that difficult, that there's things that don't always go to uses. He outlines his schedule. As Paul, he obviously recognized that things don't go as planned. Listen to the words that he uses. He outlines his schedule and he says, I am planning, Right? I mean, I know you've tried that at times. Just because you plan doesn't mean it goes the way you think. He says, perhaps. How I many know that is not an absolute word of, 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 of just an exact plan or an exact execution? This is perhaps, we'll see. Perhaps it'll happen. Perhaps I'll be able to. He says, I want to if the Lord will let me. I want to if the Lord will let me. He also says, in the meantime, in the meantime, I've got plans and I've got desires, but in the meantime, I, I can't control those things, but in the meantime. And then he ends by saying, though many oppose me, though, 
Even though I've got to go through the, the though moments, those, though there's opposition, though there's difficult, he's planning. Paul made a plan, but it didn't always happen the way that he planned. And we know this from scripture because people in scripture are criticizing Paul and trying to discredit his leadership by saying, you can't believe Paul. He said he was going to come and he didn't. And so Paul is now being criticized because the things he planned didn't happen. But Paul made it clear, I'm planning, if the Lord lets me, perhaps, because we can only plan, but we also have to recognize things won't always go the way we plan. 1 Corinthians 1.17, Paul is defending himself. He's now talking to those people who are saying, you're not, a, you're not a credible leader because things plan. Paul says this, you may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make my, plan, my plans carelessly? Do you think I'm like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? He's saying to them, I told you that I'm making my plans, but God's the one who determines the outcome. I make decisions, but God gives direction. How many know there's a difference between decision and direction? I make decisions, but God gives direction. I had a friend of mine that uh, 10 and a half years ago, going on 11 years ago, uh, I had uh, gone into his office. He's now retired pastor. I said to him as I was in youth ministry at that time traveling, I said, I'm feeling an urge to, 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 to move back into the local church, to pastor somewhere. I love traveling. I love doing evangelism, but I just feel called to go back into the church. He said, well, did you put, a, put together a resume yet? I said, well, I'm just waiting to see what the opportunities are. He said, well, if you don't put together a resume and you don't make plans, God can't move what's not, God can't direct what's not in motion. I love that, and that stuck with me. Because sometimes we're waiting for God to give direction before we make decisions. No, make a decision to trust the Lord. And when you make a decision, you step out, God will give the direction. God can't direct what's not in motion. He orders the steps of the righteous. So if you want God to order, you better start stepping. If you want God to order those things, you better start stepping because if we're at a place of not making a decision, then God can't give direction. Decision is, I'm gonna step out and trust the Lord. You say, well, what if I make a mistake? You might. What if it doesn't go the way I planned? It could. This would probably be a good time to tell you, you know the steeple that we're supposed to take off the, the, off the building and it's supposed to be relocated? No, it's not. No, it's staying. Because the people who are the professionals, they told us in order for the roof to be protected, you're going to want to get rid of the steeple. We made the decision. We don't worship any material. We don't, wor we don't need a steeple to be a church. We would rather have, a, have a, a dry building, a dry space, so we don't need that. So we made the decision. We're going to relocate the steeple. They went the week to take care of relocating the steeple. They brought everything in. They're ready to take the steeple down. They determined in the process, if we take the steeple down, it will make the situation worse than what it is. So then they changed some flashing and put the re reconstructed the base and they said if we do this this will secure we can do it this way they changed their mind is it because you know those professionals didn't know what they were doing no they found a better way you see because we have learned in our culture that we become good critics and when people don't do what they said they were going to do or doesn't go the way we expected we tell people about it our culture has been conditioned to expect perfection what do you think social media has done to us? We expect perfection. You all show your good pictures, right? And the only pictures that aren't good is because someone else in there doesn't look good. As long as you do, that's okay. You can post whatever you want. You know, the moment you look at a picture and you're in, or you're a picture that you're a part of, the first person you look at is you. Oh, come on, try it one time. Your eyes go to you. Why? Because I wanna, I wanna be presented right. I want, we've been conditioned by perfection. Now, there's, not a, there's nothing wrong with pursuing perfection. Here's the problem. The problem is that we actually think we can reach it. 
That's a danger. See, because now we're conditioned that you gotta have perfection. Here's what perfection means. If you make a mistake, I'm gonna dig up your trash from 20 years ago and I'm gonna tell everybody how you're not good. We have expected perfection to the point that we have eliminated grace from our society because now we expect everybody to be perfect. I'm looking for one reason you give me that you're not worth following anymore or trusting or going alongside that you're leaders. I'm looking for, and it just takes one reason because if I have one reason to criticize you, then that's reason enough for me to leave and go somewhere else. I'm gonna say it publicly from this platform. I don't wanna make enemies, but I want a blessing over this house. God forgive the church for tearing Rick Warren and Joe Osteen and other men who, and people who preach the gospel. You say, well, they don't preach the way I believe it ought to be preached. Okay, the moment that someone doesn't do as we think ought to be done, we've now elevated ourselves, and now instead of being people who know how to give grace, we become the people who just know how to give criticism. And when we trap ourselves into expecting perfection, you can't make a mistake. You can't have anything that even sounds off. You can't even, you say, well, God expects perfection. No, he expects faithfulness and heartfelt sincerity. Those who, who, who may ascend the hill of the Lord, clean hands and a pure heart. Guess what clean hands and a pure heart? It means in order to get the clean hands, I've got to recognize I got some dirt on there. You don't get clean hands without having dirt. How is it we expect people to have clean hands to walk with Jesus, but they should never have any dirt to begin with? How do you get clean if you have no dirt? How do you get clean in the process if there's not a learning? And so here in our culture, we are trapped. We're not expanding. We're not, we're not moving into new places because we've created this trap. We put so much pressure on people to be perfect. Can I speak to teenagers in the room? You don't have to be perfect at every grade you get and everything you get. Take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. I meet too many teenagers who carry the weight of I gotta make the dean's list. I've gotta be perfect. I gotta have college figured out. I gotta be at the high place. I gotta do everything. We put so much pressure on being perfect. Can I say, be you in Christ. Now this is not the thing, well, just kick back, do whatever you wanna do. No, you can't be perfect. So don't put the pressure on yourself. See, we reward everything. When does anybody get attention? When you've done something good. We only know how to recognize people when they do good things. It's a fault in our culture. I'll only tell you you're good whenever I see you do something good, but what about just because of who you are? Can I tell you I love you? Not because you scored, not because you won, not because you achieved, not because you did, but because I love you. That there's the, it takes the pressure off, and we can't explore and we'll never discover because it's hard to discover if you're fate or failure. How much, how much opportunity are you going to discover something if you feel like you can't fail? How many know if you can't fail, then you'll probably learn not to try? And culturally, that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're culturally in a rock and a hard place because the, the rock on this side is we expect you to be perfect. There's no room for grace. And if you have an heir, we're going to tell you about it, and we're going to tell everybody about it, and we're going to say, you're not worth following. I'm going to go somewhere else, do something else, because you're not good enough. Can I just tell you? Here's the other, the hard place, the rock race. How many know if you do fail, what's required in failure? Correction. And guess what else we don't like in our world? We don't make room for failure. And even if there is failure, those who are willing to risk it enough sometimes don't know how to take correction. How many know we're in a rock and a hard place? Because if you don't take a risk, if you don't fail, you'll never discover. And if you don't fail, you'll never be corrected. And if you can't be corrected, you'll never achieve 
and step into new places that God has for you. Can I say, let's throw away perfection because none of us will ever have it all together. You can't plan your way into success. You can only allow God to order your steps. And when you get there, it won't be because how good you are and calculated and how wise. We didn't pay off this building and become debt-free in seven years with a more than a million-dollar mortgage. That didn't happen in seven years because, well, we had a wise board and we really know how to count our money. If we're that good, we don't need God. No, it was paid off in seven years because of the divine favor and the goodness of God. God gets all the glory. I didn't get here because I did this. We, we, this only happens by the grace and the glory of God because if you can calculate and you know how to be a teacher of how it should happen, God help us. That we know how to give classes. I don't know how to teach you how to heal people. I just know how to pray the prayer of faith and believe God for his work to be. I can't teach you how to speak in tongues. I only know how to pray the prayer of faith and allow God to release and step. I can't, I, I am not an expert of anything. I am only this. I've learned how to trust God into new places and I'm still learning. I don't have time to teach or be an expert of anything because I'm still learning something new. Now I can show you where I've been, but I pray by God's grace, we don't all stay there and I get to be the person at the top of the list because now I know how to teach everybody. No, let's keep going because there's something more to learn. There's somewhere to go. There's more to experience in Jesus Christ. We need to have less experts in the church. We need less people who know it all. We need to have less people who know how to figure it all out, how to put up. Let me teach a class about that. Uh, are you still learning? Oh, no, I've been there, done that. I have it all figured out. Nope, no. We need somebody who doesn't know how to do it yet. We, know somebody, we need somebody who has stepped in it but hasn't figured it all out. We need somebody who has been in that because my planning isn't enough. My opportunity, what I can produce, it's not enough. If we're going to be at discovery, I want us to say this today. The two things I look for, and let me just take a moment. I'm gonna brag on our team with gratefulness. I love the men and women that serve on this staff at Faith Assembly. I think they're some of the sharpest young men and women, the sharpest people that God has given. I love this team. all the way from our children's pastor to, to uh, every, every ministry, every single place. Here's what it is. No one that I ever looked at and said, do I want them on my team? My first question was not, what degree do you have and what are your qualifications? I don't care if you have a degree. Because if you need to hang a degree to tell somebody you're something, Paul said, I count all this as dung compared to knowing Jesus Christ. What I wanna know is, are you humble? And are you teachable? Are you humble that you'll step in and do whatever it's required? And are you teachable to learn in the process? Because if you're humble and you're teachable, let's link arms because I think we can do something significant for the cause of Jesus Christ. We can walk into new places. We can go into new things. We can experience great. I don't want to get stuck where we've been. I don't want to be an expert. Well, this is how the spirit of the Lord moves. Whenever God moves in the church, this is what, I don't know. Yeah, that's how he did it back in the 70s. Yeah, that's how he did it in, in certain environments. Yeah, I know, that's how, but do you know how he does it in Africa? Probably looks different than here. Do you know how he does it in other places? Probably looks different. God, give us the ability to discover and explore the more and the new and the great that you have. Doesn't mean let go of what we had, but let's not stay there. 
Let's, let's be humble. Let's be teachable. Let's be, be growing. There's, let's have the inquisitiveness of a perhaps. Perhaps, how about, how about uh, uh, Jonathan, who's, Jonathan and his armor bearer, they, they, of course, he makes this statement in 1 Samuel 14. Uh, uh, Jonathan says to an armor bearer, let's go across to the outposts of those pagans, Jonathan said. Perhaps the Lord will help us. Perhaps. You're going against an army that's bigger than you. Your dad is sitting under the tree because he knows the army's too big for you to handle. And so dad's not moving, but now you're gonna say to an armor bearer, the two of you, the army of Israel is under a tree, but the two of you are now gonna go out. Perhaps the Lord will do something. Perhaps, perhaps. Here's, here's what, I love what he says. He says, perhaps the Lord will help us for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle whether he has many warriors or only a few. I don't know my plan and ability, but I know in whom I have believed and perhaps is not in what I can do, but in I know the one who goes before me. I don't need to have perfection to step out. I just need purification. The Bible says, who may ascend the hill, Lord, clean hands and a pure heart, that there's a pure heart, that when we walk after God, God will teach me his ways and I might step out in a place and God says, no, that's not where, you, where I want you. And God might shift me a little bit to the right and move me in a new direction. Did God forsake me or mad at me because I didn't step in the right way? No, God loves me and his grace now orders my steps and he moves me into what he has. God can't move what's sitting still. I don't wanna be idle in a place of where we've been, not idle in criticism, but advancing the kingdom of God in faith. That this perhaps, that we step out in trusting God, perhaps the Lord will give us victory. I want you to see in Acts chapter 19, here's the pattern. I'm not gonna read it, but you can, you can just reference it. Let me just hit the highlights of what Paul does because here's what Paul says, a wide open door of ministry. There's a door open to us. And here's what I want you to see. He's talking about Acts chapter 19. Acts 19 to 21 records the work that's happening in Ephesus. And this is while he's writing, in, writing to the church in Corinth, he's describing the open door of ministry, which is happening in Acts 19. Let me tell you how this happens. Because how many believe God, God's opened a great door of opportunity for you and I, for us in this hour, in the church's day? Here's what Paul does. Paul went to a synagogue. I'm just gonna give you the highlights. He went to a synagogue to preach. He lasted three months. While he was at the synagogue preaching, there were stubborn people that rose up. Anybody ever meet a stubborn person? You know, the people that can't be told, they can't be taught because they know it all and they, they have it all. And so Paul is preaching and then stubborn people rise up and they're like, no, we, they, we object the way. And so Paul leaves there and goes to a lecture hall. So if they don't wanna hear him in the church, he goes to the lecture hall. He starts preaching at the lecture hall. He's there for about two years. While he's preaching, he's doing his day job and his night ministry. He's, he's working during the day and he's preaching during the night. His day job was a tent maker. Some people believe this was literal tents. Others believe it was prayer shawls that he would make the tents because that's what they called their covering. Whatever it is, he worked with material. He worked in the heat. He would sweat. The Bible says that the material and the handkerchiefs that were near his body, that Paul would wipe the sweat and people would take the handkerchiefs and they would take it to sick people and sick people got healed. You're like, that's in the Bible? Yeah, it's Acts chapter 19. You should read that. And so Paul is preaching. And while Paul is preaching, people start taking handkerchiefs. You know what he didn't do? He didn't start the ministry of hanky ministry. He didn't start the, the ministry. He didn't start 1-800-GET-A-HANKY. He didn't do anything that focused around him. Although I suggested if we find the uh, the domain, you know, maybe like, you know, get a hanky.com or something, sell them for 1099. We can build a building. We got some stuff that, 
Paul, Paul, doesn't, Paul doesn't go into this whole thing of, of trying, to, trying to, to make it. He just continues to preach. People are doing this. It doesn't say that Paul handed them out. The Bible says people got them. Did you catch that? Paul wasn't like, if you come tonight, I'll give everybody a free hanky. If you come, church attendance. If you show up, first hundred people in the door, get a hanky. No, Paul didn't do any of that. Paul just preached and did what he did. The people around, they would take the handkerchiefs and people would get healed just from that because of the power of God. Then it says a little later that the sons of Sceva, now Sceva was a priest in the Jewish, uh, the, the Jewish uh, synagogue, and the sons of Sceva heard about what is happening. There's power, there's miracles, and so they're like, we want in on this. And so they decide one day, we're gonna go cast out demons. They find a man who's demon-possessed, and they say to him, come out. And the demon says to them, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who in the world are you? And the Bible says that the demon inside of that man caused this man to take out all seven of these men. The Bible says, no, go back and read it. If you think the Bible's boring, you haven't read it through. Acts chapter 19. The Bible says that this man beat up the seven sons of Sceva, beat them up, left them naked in the street. That got people's attention. People are like, what in the world is going on? They tried to replicate the power of God. It didn't work. Listen what happens then. In verse 17 of Acts 19, the story of what happened to the sons of Sceva quickly uh, spread quickly all throughout Ephesus to the Jews, the Greeks, and the like. A solemn fear descended on the city, and the name of the Lord Jesus was greatly honored. After this, people are now coming to faith. There's a revival and people bring their books of incantation, their, their books that they use to worship uh, idols and to worship uh, cultic worship. They brought these things and burned them in the city street. The Bible says that it totaled over $50 million. How many know that's a move of God when somebody gets rid of $50 million worth of stuff? And there's a move of God. People are coming to Jesus. I want you to see what Paul did. We often wait for the opportunity to step in Paul didn't wait for the opportunity. When he set a wide open door of ministry, he didn't know people were gonna get saved, they're gonna burn their books, and people are gonna get healed by touching, coming in contact with the handkerchief. Paul had no idea. Paul just knew he was called to preach the gospel. Every opportunity does not begin with an opportunity. It begins with obedience. Don't wait for opportunity. Step out in obedience. Because when we wait for opportunity, opportunity says, what's the circumstance? But how many of you know obedience doesn't look at your circumstance? Obedience looks at the word of God. Which one do you think will prevail? Your circumstance will only last for a while, but when you step out on God's word, Paul had a great door of ministry. He didn't say to the church in Corinth, I can't come right now because pretty soon there's going to be people getting saved and there's going to be stuff happening. I'm gonna lay my, people are gonna get my handkerchief and they're gonna get healed. Paul had no idea what all would transpire, what it would be. He just knew this, God has put a burning in my heart to preach the gospel and I'm gonna preach the gospel. He got kicked out of the synagogue, so he just kept preaching in the, in the lecture hall. People took his handkerchiefs, he just kept preaching. People got healed, he just kept preaching. Then all of a sudden, the sons of Sceva step in, and there was an opportunity that created itself, and Paul became the one to share the gospel, not because the opportunity presented himself, but because his obedience made him ready for the opportunity. Your obedience makes you ready for the opportunity. Don't wait for the opportunity to step. Step, and God will order your steps and cause you to intersect the opportunity. Does that make sense? We don't move because the time is right. We move because the time is now. Don't move because the time is right. You move because the time is now. What you do here and now is more important than there and then. 
One of the things we say, we're, we're preparing. We're believing for a move of God in Fayette County. We believe that you have friends and family and neighbors and just like us who need to know Jesus Christ. And guess what? They're gonna need a place to go to church and we wanna make more room. We have three services, but we believe in ministry. We believe and we're gonna do it right here and now the way it needs to be done because if we wait to get there, we'll never be ready for it. We've got to do it here and now. What's it going to look like to do things with excellence? What's it going to look like to do things with the best you've got? What's it going to look like to do things under God? Don't wait till then. Well, when I get a new car, then I'll take care of it. No, take care of your old one like it's new and honor God with what you've got. Because if you don't know how to take care of the old one, you're never going to be ready for the new one. How you take care of here and now will prepare you for there and then. And so it's obedience that makes us ready for the opportunity. And when we begin to obey and as we step out in that, that God will allow doors to open up. Obedience is our willingness to do right here and now what God has called us to do. You and I cannot create opportunity. How many know that? We don't create opportunity. We become prepared and ready to step in to opportunity. One of the reasons some people don't step out is because they feel unprepared. Isn't that true? I, wouldn't, I, don't, I don't do, I don't share. And sometimes it's because we feel unprepared. I want to encourage you that preparation is part of the process. It's not the process. Don't wait for things to be perfect before you step out because they'll never be perfect because you can plan all you want to do, but if you never move, then all you've done is plan. And how many know if you had just planned, you've not done anything? And we've got to step in to those things. Here's Mark 13, 11. Obedience is preparation. Mark says this, but when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at the time. Don't worry about what to say. Just say what God tells you to say at the time. Your preparation, what's it gonna look like? You don't know, but just do what God has put on your heart to do. And here's what happens then when you step out in obedience, it opens the door. Guess what comes after obedience? Opposition. It's just par for the course. It's par for the course. Opposition. Things not going the way you plan, things having difficulty against us, it's just par for the course. Why? Opposition is naturally something that's new to us. If something's new, it naturally brings opposition. You cannot grow without opposition. The only way to not have opposition is to just, just keep doing what you've already done so you know how to do it. That's the only way to eliminate opposition is to just keep doing what you've already done. But how many know if you're gonna go into new places and we're gonna experience new things, then we're gonna face some learning curves? They're gonna reach a point where sometimes my age might start to be something I've got to work through. I mean, I know I'm only 44, but trust me, playing flag football just isn't as easy as it used to be. <laughs> Something like, that's your own fault. Mind your own business. <laughs> I, I remember the last year I played church softball. They said, uh, I, bum shoulder, my, my right shoulder, I can't throw hard and uh, it's you know just an injury and so like we'll put you on first base and I'm playing first baseball is my sport man I like baseball I couldn't do it like this guy but I played baseball I enjoyed baseball and um, that ball came down the uh, first base line and in my head I'm like I got this but about three seconds later the ball is already out there like maybe I don't and up here I'm like I got this <laughs> and this thing it just doesn't move like it used to there, there's there's just changes to step into new places and I'm gonna have to learn again something new of how to, how to walk in a place I've never been before. And if we're gonna step into an expanse, we've gotta be at a place of saying, God, keep us humble and keep us teachable because I'm gonna face opposition. There's gonna be things that come against me. There's gonna be things that don't go the way we planned. There's gonna be things that are going to happen. Guess what? There's grace. 
And if I want you to have grace for me, guess what I need to have for you? Grace. You say, well, what if I make a mistake? It's grace. Because if you are humble, then we can give you grace. And then if you're teachable, we can learn and we can go somewhere new. That just sounds freeing to me. Like we get to do this together. We get to learn and be humble. I don't have to teach you and you don't have to teach me. We're just iron sharpening iron. And the more we come into the place of under God, God's gonna cause whatever opposition to give us victory and we're gonna move forward. You're gonna have opposition. Here's the last thing. It gives way to opportunity. Here's what opportunity simply means. A result that's caused by a series of events or a set of circumstances. Opportunity is just the result of a set of circumstances. That's all opportunity is. So how do you step into an opportunity? You just remain faithful and obedient in the place you are. And as you remain faithful and obedient in the place you are, don't wait for perfection because I want you to know this today. There's no such thing as a perfect plan. There's no such thing as a perfect set of circumstances. There's no such thing as perfect people. There's only the perfect will of God being perfected in the people who follow the one who is perfect. I'm just becoming more like Jesus. And guess what? Paul said, not that I've arrived. Hey, Paul, if you didn't get there yet on this side of heaven, I guess I won't either. I guess I'll just continue to be in this perfected state of learning the perfect will of God. I'm gonna keep learning. I'm gonna stay humble, stay teachable. It's not gonna be perfect. If it was perfect, just as we planned, we'd have a building right out here that we would have moved in in December. Didn't happen the way we planned. Well, if we had better leadership, you might be right. (laughs) I'm not gonna argue anything. You might say, well, you didn't do it. I don't know. All I know is whom I have believed. And I'm convinced that that would have been settling compared to what God has for us. And the God I serve, it doesn't go the way I planned because he's got things better than I've got. And if I feel like, well, I've got to do things for my reputation, for it to look right, I'll miss out. You know why? Because I'm okay being imperfect because the one I'm following puts everything in perfection. I don't have to perform. I just have to believe and step in step with the one who orders my steps. He's got this in good order. And I can't wait because no eye has seen, no ear has heard that he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask, think, hope or imagine that's the God I'm following that's the God I'm following not the one that you can put in a box completely well let me just tell you God's ways let me tell you why God did this I mean no I have no idea I just know his ways are good I don't know I just know he's not done yet I don't understand I just know he's making perfection out of my imperfection I just know he's good that's all I need that's the confidence So I might make mistakes, but with a humble heart, I'll be able to get back up. The righteous fall, but they get back every time. But my humble heart will say, God, teach me. And then he'll teach me. And guess what I'll learn? I'll learn what I didn't know before so that I can go further than I've gone before. Oh God, give us teachable spirits to discover the great things that God has for us. In Jesus' name. I was um, wrapping this up yesterday and Brandon Sisler, or Sisler, my goodness, I'm going way back. You all know him, he's back in the youth group, uh, uh, but that was a long time ago. Brandon Jordan, who is my prayer partner for this prayer journey, he sent me a text yesterday as I was wrapping up this message. And he sent me the text, and because uh, uh, how many know young people can text stories and old people have to call? 
So he texts me the story. <laughs> it's maybe it's just me. Uh, so he texts me this story, and I said right back to him, I said, man, I am using that story. He sent me a word to encourage me. He said, hey, I thought of this today and just wanted to encourage you, don't let anything hold you back, that God's going ahead of you. Trust God. He said about a year ago this time, their son Josiah would try to venture up the steps and they would catch him and say, you can't go up there without us. But one day he got away and he went all the way up the steps without mom and dad. Mom had discovered he was at the top of the steps just making it. And she says to him coming up from behind, she said, you might fall. He stood there in confidence and said back, but what if I don't? A bit of perhaps. Perhaps. Perhaps when I'm... Perhaps God's holding off a building because he wants us to get more territory and reach further into some places and to reach some hurting people in areas that maybe aren't here, but we can, perhaps God's got something bigger. Perhaps God's doing something more than I can even imagine because my ability to understand perfection is nothing compared to the perfection of what he is. And so I want to say to you today, how about we keep discovering the great expanse even though we might trip along the way? even though it might change along the way, even though it might not always go the way we planned. Anybody willing to walk in a place that might seem messy sometimes, but to know that there's a God who says, I'll give you clean hands and a pure heart and I'll take you to a place, I'll lead you. God, I don't need to have it all figured out. I just wanna know you're the one ordering my steps. So I'm gonna step out and trust you. If that's you today, would you stand to your feet? We're gonna pray. Here's what I want to say to you as we leave. We're going to pray. Some of you need to know you have a blank slate. You've got a blank slate. You said, but I've failed in the past. I've done, can I tell you? There's grace. There is no one too far gone. Come on, somebody say amen. If you believe, there is no one too far gone. Doesn't matter what it was. I want you to know today, this is a clean slate. So we're standing in this moment to have prayer. And if you are in Christ, the old is gone and the new has come. Whatever your past failures have been, they are under the blood of Jesus Christ. If you confess Jesus as Lord of your life, it's behind you and everything but everything in his grace and mercy is ahead of you. The old is gone. And I want to ask you today, by God's grace, to just receive a blank slate. Say, God... I'm going to let you be the one who orders my steps. Cover me in the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me me tell you what else is under the blank slate. Your past failure and your past successes. Let them go. Let them go. Learn how to quit saying back when I was. (laughs) Learn how to quit saying when we did. Learn how to say... It happened like that, but I wonder if God would do something. Don't ignore what God did, but don't think you got it all figured out. Recognize, well, back then God did it this way, but I wonder, perhaps, am I talking to anybody today? It's going to open up the whole door of opportunity of being able to discover. That's how God did it then, but perhaps he wants to do something different. Perhaps he's got something more. Perhaps. So, Father, I pray today in this room that, God, you would cause freedom to abound. I thank you for the blank slate. I thank you that we are set free in Jesus with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are not walking with Jesus and you recognize that you need the blood of Jesus to forgive you 
of your sins, your past to be gone, to have a blank slate, to walk in grace. There's grace for you. There's grace. There's room for mistakes, but quit making excuses for them. There's room for mistakes. It's the grace of God. But when you know the grace of God, the power of God, you can walk in freedom and you don't have to keep walking in the same mistakes because his grace will restore you and be enough for you. If you're here today and you say, Jason, I need the grace of God to forgive me of my past, to have a blank slate to move forward. If that's you, just lift your hand right where you are. You say, I'm put under the blood of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, come on. Is there anybody today? Whether this is your first time, you say, I need to put, I need to confess Jesus as my Lord. Or maybe you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm recognizing, I'm trusting you. Yeah, is there anyone else today? you raise your hand you can put it down is there anyone else this morning say I need to make Jesus late I thank you God that you restore us to walk into the new places that you have for us God even when it doesn't go as planned God we trust you even when we say perhaps we know we're we're looking to you that you'll guide us you'll lead us God I thank you that you've given us Fayette County that Fayette County will know like they did in Ephesus the power of God So Lord, help us to be obedient. Help us to persist in opposition that we might be made ready for every opportunity. In the mighty name of Jesus, help us to discover all that you have. In Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree with that today, would you shout amen? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm so glad you joined us today. I want to invite our prayer team to come.